Welcome to episode 20 of the T-Druff the Film Buff podcast. Wow, I mean, not that 20 is a big achievement compared to someone like Mark Maron, who has thousands of podcast episodes, and is, uh, or, you know, someone like uh, Joe Rogan, or, um, you know, someone like the Collider folks, who have been doing this for, for years now, um, but, you know, being that it's the first year, being that I have, you know, little to no experience doing any of this, I think 20 episodes is pretty, pretty, pretty freaking solid, so I'll take it. Um, so for episode 20, I thought I would do a little bit of a, a countdown list sort of thing involving the word, or I should say the number, 20. Um, so for episode 20, what I'm going to do is count down my top 20 actors or actresses to watch out for, to you know that are either on the rise um, or just starting to maybe get Oscar buzz for certain movies, um, or basically or completely unknown actors and actresses. There are a couple on here that I doubt the general public even know who they are at this point. Most of them, I think you, you may know their name. Um, but you may not know their work. You may have seen their face, but you may not know their names. Things like that. I, I didn't count people like, um, you know, I, I would put Aquafina on this list, but but she's already been in several big movies over the course of the last couple years. Um, she's going to be in Jumanji 2 later this year. She's going to eventually be in Shang-Chi uh, in 2021. She was already in Ocean's 8, Neighbors 2, The Farewell this year, which I do hope she gets nominated for. Or somebody like Timothy Chalamet and Lucas Hedges, who have already kind of had their coming out party. Or even, you know, on the young side, but more popular than probably anybody on this list, is somebody like Millie Bobby Brown, who has, you know, had her rise to fame with Stranger Things. She's very popular on social media. That's not really, you know, someone to look out for. You already know who she is. Or people like Sophie Turner or Maisie Williams, you know, somebody like you already know them from Game of Thrones or another big show. Uh, you know, I don't think that that's worth really putting them on this list. I wanted to include names that you really just don't know who they are yet. Um, but quite a few of them, I will say, have some big projects this year that they've already worked on that were successful, or some later this year that are going to get Oscar buzz. Um, so just wanted to point that out. And Surprisingly, when I was putting this list together, you know, for what everybody says about the, you know, young actors are, are taking over Hollywood, there's so many good, good young actors in movies, it's tougher for females to get work nowadays. I'd say 14 to 15 of these are uh, young actresses. So that was interesting. Um, and I, again, of course, I'm probably going to forget tons and tons of people I should be putting on the list. But this was, you know, not thrown together, but I, I had a little bit of time to think about this. This is just what first came to my mind, and I think it's a pretty good list on its own. A lot of people that should be getting credit for what they're doing just haven't really got the publicity. So starting as an honorable mention, and because I, I wanted to do 20 exactly, but I, I, I thought of one more person, and I couldn't not at least mention her. Um, that would be Matilda Lutz, or as she now goes by, Matilda Anna Ingrid Lutz. The only thing I've seen her in, and that's part of the reason why she didn't make uh, the list, is Revenge. Um, and that was a fantastic horror thriller from 2018. Uh, I believe it came out in a, a brief, you know, 
small release back in 2017 in one of the festivals, but more of a wide release in 2018, more of a big on-demand release last year. I think I saw this either in December or January of this year, um, and it's such a great thriller. I love the way that movie is filmed, the way certain scenes are shot, the way the the movements are shot. I forget what sort of technique they're using filming-wise, but they also use it in Game of Thrones, especially in the big battle sequences, um, like when people are running. There's a certain way uh, that the cinematographers and directors are shooting like running sequences nowadays, and it's very different from um, what you saw back in the day or even what you see in a movie like John Wick, which has a lot of running in it. I don't know why that just came to my mind, but it did. Um, so check that out, that movie out. That is a really, really well done. I wouldn't even say it's a horror, but it's definitely a thriller um, set in the desert. She's basically just taking revenge on the people who wronged her that weekend. Um, and it is, it's something to watch. I think the last 15 minutes are worth a watch alone, but the rest of it is brutal, ruthless, uh, but also earnest and very powerful at the same time. So check out Matilda Lutz. I, I was looking into her IMDb. It doesn't seem like she's doing a lot coming up, um, but I hope that changes. I hope the language barrier, barrier isn't an issue because I know that that was a, um, I believe it was a Spanish-speaking role. I don't think there's any English in it. So hopefully that, that translates well when she comes uh, into like Hollywood movies. Or maybe she doesn't want to do that. She doesn't have to. Um, but certainly I think that you, you might get more fame and more notoriety and more opportunities if you if you take on roles in Hollywood. So I really hope that that's not an issue. I hope she has a, I think there's a big future for her. So hopefully in 10 years when I'm still doing this podcast, ha ha, uh, I will mention her as a, a future Oscar winner or something like that. Uh, but number 20, the official list begins here. And again, I, I think from what I was trying to do with this list is include the people lower on the list like at the bottom that, you know, were people that I haven't seen uh, a lot in, in movies yet. I've only seen them in either one role or two roles, and I just don't know exactly what their range is, but they were so good in their, you know, singular performance that I had to include them on the list. And that first name is Keith L. Williams uh, from Good Boys. I think he's done a lot of, like, bit TV roles, a lot of single episode guest starring roles or recurring roles i can't remember what show it is i think he's on like an nbc or cbs show uh currently um but he was so good in good boys and i haven't had a chance to mention that on the podcast yet but that movie was uh that movie was a lot better than i thought it was gonna be and, and granted they do show a lot of the bits you know a lot of the, the funny gags in the trailers um and some of them has to do with him but at the same time, I think that he was utterly magnificent um, in this role, and especially if it's his first major, you know, movie. There's a scene in which they go to like a frat house, and there's like a, a siren or horn going off, and his scream when he's just freaking out at that frat house is, I mean, I was laughing out loud for a good two minutes straight because of it. So uh, I really appreciated his his work there. I hope he gets. Uh, many more roles. I hope he's also not, you know, shoehorned into just comedies. I, I would love to see what he could do with dramatic, as well, because that movie kind of takes a dramatic turn at one point, and and it works completely between the three uh, young actors there. So, uh, props to Keith L. Williams. That's number twenty. Number nineteen is Ella Hunt, another 
name which I've only seen her really in one role so far and that was Anna in the Apocalypse last year. It's one of my favorite movies. I think it was in my top 10 of 2018. Um, she plays the, the starring role in the horror comedy musical. Um, basically zombie Christmas musical set in London I believe it was or just outside of London somewhere in the UK um, and that movie not only see the, the great thing about this movie uh, first of all they should release it on Blu-ray or 4k because it still doesn't have a release and I've been waiting for it I don't want to just buy it on digital come on now but great thing about that movie is there's some plenty of good gore and, and horror uh, to be had in the, in the zombie zombie comedy horror film but the songs are also really, really catchy and good. I mean, no such thing as a Hollywood ending is something I've been jamming to for eight or nine months now. So props to her on that. She's a great job starring in that. I know she filmed it three years ago-ish. There were some production issues with that movie. Um, but it was one of my favorites of last year. I know she has the Emily Dickinson Apple TV series coming out, which is starring Haley Steinfeld. So Hopefully she gets some more, um, you know, recognition there. If she has a bigger role, I think she's got uh, a starring role in that. So we'll see. What, we'll see where her career goes. That's number nineteen, Ella Hunt. Number eighteen here is going to be Cassidy McClincy. Um, and the great thing about Cassidy McClincy is I know her. No, I don't really know her, but I have met her um, at Heroes and Villains Comic Con back in uh, April, and she was a delight to, to meet in person. It was it was an interesting thing where I was was kind of, you know, going around the con, meeting a couple of different people from Walking Dead and the, you know, the, uh, the Arrowverse shows. And I had liked her so far in her role as Lydia in The Walking Dead to that point because that was uh, near the end of season nine. Um, but I didn't know if I, I was like, do I really want to meet her? Like, I don't know. I don't know if she's got a big enough role yet, but I saw like the, the the buzz that her lines were getting, and, and how she how how personable she was with everybody, and I was just like, you know what, yeah, this she would be worth meeting, and she is one of the coolest celebrities I've ever met, coolest actors, just completely down to earth, um, very very into what you're doing. She's asking you questions about your life instead of, you know, um, you know we asking them that's it's always what it is you go to their line and you're just like, oh how is chicago is this your first time in chicago you know it's all the, the dumb questions that we feel um you know awkward asking but it's just in the moment that's all you can think of um but but cassidy mcclincy was different so it, it was really nice meeting her but but anyway in terms of acting um she really took over the second half of season nine in the walking dead um you know after the death to henry I, you know, I figured that it was going to be Lydia. I, I was like, they're not going to keep Lydia on um, for more than, you know, four or five episodes. I feel like it's just a mini arc, um, you know, with Alpha. It's just a plot device for Alpha to get uh, further into the psychopath um, range of things. But no, I mean, Cassidy's got a, a great, you know, recurring I'd say semi-starring role. Maybe we'll even see her name on the opening credits this year. I don't know how big of a role she has. Um, I think the co-star that she has that I'm going to name in a couple slots here is even better. But both, I mean, The Walking Dead in general has created a lot of great opportunities um, 
for many, many folk, uh, one being Denai Garira. She is, of course, you know, from Black Panther, but also played Michonne in The Walking Dead for seven or eight seasons now, and she's going to leave this season. But that's just another example of somebody who I don't think the majority of the audience, including me, you know, had seen her anything before the show. And so um, really, really nice to see her kind of break out. And we'll see where, where she goes. I think Cassidy was also in Love, Simon. Um, she doesn't really have anything else on her resume because Walking Dead kind of takes up the majority of it. But again, one of the nicest people in person, very promising young uh, actress for the show and for Hollywood in general. So we'll see where she goes. Okay, next on the uh, the list here is Sonny Solchik. Um, from mid-90s, he was also in The House with a Clock on Its Walls, um, both from 2018. I don't think he really has anything else on his IMDb as of now, um, but I, ex- I would expect that to change considering when you carry the movie as well as he did in mid-90s, being, I think, he, is he 11, 12, 13 at most? Um, I think he's playing a 13-year-old in the movie. I can't remember. Uh, but when he's able to carry it, it's a very like adult movie for being about younger kids. Um, many adult themes in this movie. There's drugs, there's alcohol, there's sex. I mean, it, you know, it's not exactly the easiest role for being a first-time actor, but I think that it helps that you had Jonah Hill there directing, kind of leading things, kind of showing him the ropes. But he was just fantastic. Again, just like I mentioned about Anna and the Apocalypse, Mid-90s was one of my favorite movies of last year. It's very nostalgic feeling, great soundtrack. Um, and again, I thought that he was he was just fantastic uh, in, in the leading role there. Okay, so that's number 17. Number 16, we're going to move on to Himesh Patel. Um, another one that just recently kind of came on to my watch. Uh, I'm actually unaware if he's really done much before yesterday which he starred in in late june of this year and he was just announced this past week uh, as having one of the last starring roles in christopher nolan's tenant next year you know i'm gonna have to do a, a separate podcast to kind of theories maybe about what tenant uh, could be about and what that teaser trailer could mean for that movie because i did actually watch the you know, spanish version or whatever it was released um kind of disappointed that they still haven't released the english version with um you know, HD quality. The version I watched was not great quality, but I just was like, okay, it's been like three or four weeks. I got to watch this trailer at some point. But anyway, Himesh Patel um, announced for Tenet. So you got to assume if Christopher Nolan's casting in a movie, you're pretty dang good because uh, he doesn't just cast any, you know, schmuck. Uh, but he was really, really good in yesterday because, you know, whether or not you really believe that, you know, he. He feels bad about kind of taking credit uh, for writing or rewriting the songs. Um, And in the end, when he kind of, you know, recognizes the Beatles as the ones who were the, you know, creators of all these songs, it's like, I don't know if you're, if you're one of the people who doesn't really believe him or thinks that it's kind of a cheap way to end. I get it. Uh, But I just really bought in him and Lily James's chemistry. I think that they, you know, Maybe, if I'm thinking, I mean, maybe we have Charlie's Throne and Seth Rogen in Longshot and then uh, the couple in Blinded by the Light. I'm trying to think of the best romances this year, and that might be it. Um, 
I think they it might be Lily James and Himesh Patel. They were really really good together. Um, and if if you believe what Lily James's character does in the end, um, that it it makes it ten times better because I can see, you know, the turn she makes. If you don't buy into it, then you know you might be sour coming out of that movie. But I think eventually, you know, after a while of thinking about it, I do I do kind of buy into it. So Himesh Patel, that's number sixteen. Number fifteen is a Isabella Moner. Um, so the thing with Isabella Moner is first time I saw her on screen was Transformers 5, was it? Was it Transformers 5? I think it was Transformers 5. Um, and I really, I was like, you know, I was like, I don't care about this annoying girl. Why is she in this story? Why is Mark Wahlberg still in this? Why is Anthony Hopkins uh, doing this? Why is he like a descendant of the Knights of the Round Table? Why is Stanley Tucci doing this Merlin impression, this drunk Merlin I mean, what am I watching? That movie was god-awful from the beginning. So I can't really blame it on Isabella Moner, but I did not have a good first impression of her. Then I saw Instant Family last year, which, continuing with the trend of the rest of these movies, was one of my favorite movies of last year. Um, she was also very good in Sicario 2, um, which she does have a pretty big role in with Benicio Del Toro there. Um, but I, I, she was really, really good in Instant Family. If you don't buy into her as the, the daughter that's kind of been going around foster homes and you don't buy into her relationship with Mark Wahlberg and Rose Byrne, then the movie goes nowhere. Um, but since you definitely buy into their chemistry and that last scene and Mark Wahlberg's trying to convince her to uh, you know, stay with the family, I mean, it's just heartwarming, uh, mixed with really sad but happy tears. Um, and of course, the last scene in the courthouse is one of my favorite scenes in the last five years in film, so that's that should that should go to show you something about how talented she is. Of course, she was in Dora in the Lost City of Gold a couple of weeks back. I didn't, of course, I didn't see that. It's not for me. Uh, I don't know how good she was or bad she was in that role, but all I know is what I've seen her in. Um, so that's Isabella Moner at number fifteen. At number fourteen is going to be Jessica Roth, um, one of my favorite up, up and coming stars, and I really do think that she. Yeah, out of anybody on this list so far that actually has the chance to be a legit star in Hollywood, I think it's probably Jessica Roth and maybe even the rest of this list. It just has the star quality. Um, first of all, I mean, she was pretty good in, in her bit role in La La Land. She's one of Emma Stone's friends. Um, not much to do there, but she's got the singing role and the, the dancing and the, there's a little choreography that goes into that. So she was very good there. Um, but even better in the Happy Death Day franchise, Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You. I love that those two movies. Uh, one of my favorite horror franchises to date. Um, and again, I think that that movie rests on the shoulders of how well you buy, or how much you buy into Jessica Roth, making that transition every single time she wakes up from dying. Um, when she freaks out, even in the second movie, when she's like jumping out of the airplane, just trying to kill herself on purpose because she is basically just giving up at this point. Or, um, you know, every time she has to explain to them, um, like what's going on, why she is like this, it's great. I mean, and it's again, it completely rests on the shoulder of Jessica Roth. Um, I cannot wait to see what she does in the future. I cannot wait to see, um, you know, I could definitely see her being in a Marvel movie. Uh, as well so hopefully maybe she gets 
everybody ends up in a superhero movie eventually, but I do hope she gets some notoriety there. Coming in at number 13 is Letitia Wright from Black Panther. She was also uh, nominated for an Emmy in Black Mirror, uh, one of the episodes, uh, was it last season? I think it was last season. Um, again, one of, I mean, I came out of Black Panther basically liking every single actress in that movie because they're all great. Angela Bassett, Lupita Nyong'o, um, Letitia Wright, Denai Guerrera, um, just such a such a great cast, a great ensemble. If there was ever an Oscar for, for great ensemble, that would have been one of the ones to, to nominate for sure. I don't remember if they were nominated for a SAG or not um, that year. Um, but I liked her character so much and her performance that that was the one character coming out of Black Panther that I bought a Funko Pop for. Um, and I don't even have a lot of room at all for any more pop figures, but I... I bought that character's Funko Pop within the first couple weeks of seeing it. Um, very, very good. She's also pretty good in the in her in her small role in Avengers: Infinity War, and of course, you know, she doesn't really do much in Avengers: Endgame, but when she's there for Avengers: Endgame, I love that as well. Um, of course, coming in at number twelve is another very, very talented young actress. That would be Amanda Sten- Amandla Stenberg. Um, most famous for being Rue in The Hunger Games, I believe. Uh, she was also in Darkest Minds, Everything, Everything. Um, but my favorite out of the list is The Hate You Give. Uh, again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but one of my favorite movies of 2018. Uh, you see the trend we're kind of making here in this list. Um, but she... It was one of those movies that you, you saw the trailer and you're like, okay, I, I kind of know what they're going for here with The Hate You Give. Um, but I don't know if they're going to really deliver on that message and deliver on, you know, the, the powerfulness of the actual story that they're kind of, you know, inspired by or basing it on or really just the ongoing stories because it happens too often in American culture. But um, but she was fantastic. Um, she was really good in The Hunger Games. I just didn't even remember her name until she popped up in a couple of other things over the last few years. But Amanda Stenberg is definitely one to look out for. All right, coming in at number 11. And rounding out the bottom 10 is Kaylee Fleming. The second person on this list I've actually had the chance to uh, meet. Very, very young. What is she, like eight or nine at this point? But she was so nice and and gracious of her time and and very mature for being that age. You know, very smart. Very aware of what it means to be an actress in Hollywood um, and how you represent yourself. Um, and present yourself in interviews. Um, just great watch in interviews. If you ever see the interviews with her and the rest of the cast of Walking Dead online, very funny. Um, but she kind of burst onto the scene in Walking Dead season nine. But she was also young Ray in The Force Awakens uh, back in 2015. I'd be interested to see if they're going to bring her back for some young Ray scenes potentially in uh, The Rise of Skywalker. We'll see about that. I kind of doubt it. I doubt she really had much time filming the, you know, the Walking Dead. Of course, I uh, believe she's gonna have a big role in season ten. Um, but she, I still remember how mad and confused I was at the end of this fifth episode of season nine of Walking Dead, um, when things kind of start to shit, when shit hits the fan and, and Rick Rhymes, quote unquote, dies um, and kind of goes away from the show. And then the last shot of the, the, the episode is is Judith Grimes. 
Kaylee Fleming as Judith Grimes, kind of putting on Rick's hat and, and introducing herself to the world, essentially, as the next main character of the show. I uh, was just incredibly confused as to why they would do this. Um, like, why that? Like, why would we go this storyline? What are we doing here? Rick Grimes movies? Like, wh- wh- what is going on? Um, but I really, really grew to love her character and her performance. She is one of my favorite things right now on TV with Judith on The Walking Dead. That is Kaylee Fleming at number 11. Now, starting at number 10. So this is where we get into to actors and actresses that are, I think, potentially on their way to some Oscars in the future. Um, and number 10 would be Thomason McKenzie from Leave No Trace. Um, she has a couple of big, big movies coming out. Um, and a couple of potential awards contenders coming out. So she has Jojo Rabbit, a Taika Waititi, um, really strange offshoot Tarantino-esque Hitler story. I don't know what role she's playing in that, but um, interested to see that movie for sure and what you know she may do under the direction of Taika Waititi. Um, and she's also in The King, which is, uh, I believe, the Henry... Uh, Henry V movie with Timothy Chalamet. Um, Joel Edgerton directs that one coming out on Netflix in November. I'm really excited to see that one. Um, although I just, like, I liked The Outlaw King a lot, but I don't know if it could really be much better than that. Like, I don't know how good Netflix movies really can be. Because the best one I've probably seen so far may be The Outlaw King or Set It Up or even Roma. Uh, or 22 July, which I think was a Netflix movie as well. But I, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I think that they might have a ceiling. I, I don't want to say that, but it just feels that way after seeing three or four years straight of Netflix originals that are just, like, decent. Um, but anyway, that's the king. But but on to Thompson McKenzie. When you can hold your own on a movie that's essentially uh, a two, two-person part with Ben Foster... Uh, when you can hold your own against Ben Foster, who is one of the best underappreciated actors of our generation, um, you've got something special. And she not only held her own, but I think she stole the movie. I thought that there was a chance that if that movie got more promotion and marketing towards the Oscar season, I thought there was a chance she could sneak in as a as a best supporting uh, actress. I think she did. She did she get a SAG nomination? Maybe she got a Screen Actors. Go- uh, did she get a People's Choice? What was she, Critics' Choice, maybe? I think she got some sort of uh, nomination last year. It wasn't a Golden Globe, but she was so, so good in Leave No Trace, so I'm really excited to see what she does in the future. And plus, she's kind of got my name anyway. Thomas? I mean, come on. Uh, I'll take anybody who's got, who's got that name. Uh, anyway, moving on. That's number 10. So number 9 is going to be uh, the star of another movie that was very underappreciated last year, and that's 8th Grade with Elsie Fisher. Uh, who, to my understanding, really has only done 8th grade in the Despicable Me franchise, but that's more of a voice acting role. So I'd be very curious to see where she goes um, because she, I mean, I mean, I don't know how many times i got to say this, but the whole movie of 8th grade rests on the shoulders of how much you believe her as an awkward, um, you know, nerdy YouTuber 8th grader. Um, kind of the last week or so of, of eighth grade and how she kind of goes she's it's coming of age within the last week or so um and that's i loved that that angle it wasn't wasn't tackling a huge time frame it was like okay we're gonna give you a week here she's gonna go through her ups and downs she's gonna have a great relationship and a bad relationship with her father 
um, and you're just going to love it. Like It's just a slice-of-life movie, and it's absolutely magnificent. It was one of my favorite movies of last year, once again. Um, so that was 8th grade with Elsie Fisher. Moving on to number 8, that is Noah Juppé, or Hupe. I'm not even sure how you pronounce his name. I don't want to botch it, but I think I already did. We know him from Wonder, as well as A Quiet Place. He's one of the uh, the kids to John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Um, another role that doesn't require a whole lot of range in A Quiet Place. You're kind of just... The beefiest roles there are Emily Blunt and John Krasinski, and even to, uh, even the daughter... Millicent, um, can't remember what her last name is, but she was very good as well. I thought about putting her on this list, um, but she was she was just outside, so she almost made that list. But both kids are really really good in the movie, and um, he's very good in A Quiet Place and very good in Wonder. The great thing about Wonder is that he plays the best friend to Jacob Tremblay, um, who's of course like the only real kid actor that you know at this point in time, um, but. The great thing is, so he, of course, it becomes the best friend of Jacob Tremblay, and I love the, the the honestness of that character because there's moments in it where like he's making fun of Jacob Tremblay because if you're a kid that age, you know you don't really know, uh, you know, you don't always know what the right thing to do is, and I I love that they showed both sides. He wasn't just this perfect best friend uh, for Jacob Tremblay to look up to or anything. It was very honest and it it was very uh, there's a lot of depth to that character. And a lot of that is because of Noah's performance. But he also has, later this year, um, coming out, Honey Boy with uh, Shia LaBeouf. I think it's the um, semi-autobiographical movie for Shia, uh, as well as he's in Ford, Re- Ford B. Ferrari. So very interesting to see how he holds his own against Christian Bale, um, as well as Matt Damon in that movie. I mean, that's 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 a pretty tough task. That is a pretty, pretty tough task. Um, I can't say that, um, you know, I can't say that like that's one of my most anticipated for the rest of the year because I'm not too into cars in general uh, and the story you know, doesn't interest me right now, but something like Rush was very good, directed by Ron Howard back in 2013, um, and I was very invested in that story when I was watching it, so... You know, uh, I keep an open mind, and certainly Noah is helping me do that with, uh, you know, his past performances and, and me thinking that that movie might be pretty dang good. So that's number eight, Noah Juppé. Moving on to number seven, it's Diana Silvers. Talk about a year. I mean, talk about one hell of a year an actor or actress has had. Diana Silvers, I mean... I follow her on social media, and it seems like her life has kind of turned upside down since, um, you know, gaining notoriety in a couple different roles. And and I see her IMDb blowing up. She's got plenty of projects coming, including uh, what is it, three five five? Is that the one that? No, it's called Eve. That's right. It's a Jessica Chastain uh, action thriller called Eve. I think she plays the daughter of Jessica Chastain or something like that with Colin Farrell. So that that'll be interesting to see. I think that comes out next year. But talk about, I mean, Diane Silver. She has Glass. I think she's one of the cheerleaders in that. Um, and then the double feature within a couple weeks of Booksmart and Ma. Uh, Ma, she's just about the only good acting part of that movie that is a, a kid, at least. Um, and Octavia Spencer and Luke Evans are pretty good. But the rest of the kids in that movie are it's not 
not good actors as of now. And again, that could be writing. But when you have Diana Silvers leading that movie and, and putting on a good performance under a not-so-good script, uh, I've, she clearly stood out to me. Um, excuse me. And, of course, in Booksmart, she's my favorite part of Booksmart. I loved her scenes with Caitlin Dever. I thought that that relationship that they had together was very, um, very poignant and, and raw and earnest. Um, so... Uh, of course, I love the book smart. I can go on and on and on about that movie. Um, there's just there's so much to like, and I cannot wait for that to come out on Blu-ray and digital so that I can buy that immediately. Uh, so that would be Diana Silvers. Then battling it out for the, the top five, but just missing it, is Margaret Qualley. And I just talked about her, what, three or four weeks ago when I did my Once Upon a Time in Hollywood recap. Um, but, I mean, what more can I say? Uh, she was also in Leftovers. She... Um, she was in Fosse Verdon earlier this year, which I still have to see Emmy nominated for that role. So that's very um, interesting to see as well. Um, you know, why she was Emmy nominated. I didn't even think she had a big role in that, but that means she must have left an impression, which she certainly did in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Again, like I said in my review, if you can hold your own, basically being in only your only scenes are, are basically with Brad Pitt one of the greatest actors of all time one of the most famous people on the planet um, and and I come out of those scenes wanting to see more of you uh, with Brad Pitt I mean that's that's certain praise that, that you don't just get uh, for anybody um, so Diana Silvers cannot wait to see what she does uh, she just got that look that that interesting unique look about her that I think could translate to a very, very long and successful Hollywood career. So interested to see where she goes from here. That's number six. Now we're going to move into the top five. Now these these guys are the stars because I really, really do believe that each and every one of these five folks here will have an Oscar. Um, and number five will be Haley Lou Richardson. So Haley Lou Richardson has been in a couple of movies I've seen so far. I think it's four, four movies that I have down here. Um, I didn't really see what she has coming out, so hopefully she does have some more, you know, material because I could certainly see her have a very, very long Hollywood career. Uh, Edge of Seventeen, I think, was the first movie I saw her in, and Split that same year. Uh, Support the Girls with Dr Regina Hall, which is a very good movie. Um, and of course, Five Feet Apart earlier this year, which I've I've mentioned is is not a great film, but her performance is darn right Oscar-worthy. I mean, some of the material in there, she just feels so real. Um, I it clearly stood out, clearly elevated the script um, and the performances of everybody else in the movie up against her. So, Haley Lou Richardson is certainly one to watch out for. She doesn't have a huge role in everything else so far that I've seen her in, so that was kind of her first starring role. Um, but another one, just has that... that that charm about her, that Hollywood charm, and that smile you can't get out of your head that I think will be hard for Hollywood to, to resist casting in, in uh, many roles to come. So that's Haley, Haley Lou Richardson at number five. Now at number four would be someone who I did not know her name until last June when I started watching Sharp Objects. So that would be Eliza Scanlon. Uh, I believe, what is her name in that show? Amma. Amma is her name in that show. And that is one of my favorite shows of the last 10 years. That If I had to rank my 
what top 10 favorite shows since um you know i really started getting into tv in like 2012 2013 that would probably be right there with uh you know game of thrones and arrow uh and fargo um right there with all of those i i that show is one of the best like slow burns you don't know where this is going and that has exactly the payoff that you hoped it would um and a lot of that is clearly due to uh, Eliza Scanlon and how good she is with Amy Adams. It's the same thing I said with Margaret Qualley and Brad Pitt. Uh, she may even be better than Amy Adams in some of those scenes, and I was really happy to see that I think Eliza did get an Emmy nomination for Sharp Objects. I could be wrong. I'd have to recheck that, but I want to say she did uh, in the supporting actress um, category for, for miniseries. I could be wrong. I'd have to check that again. Um, but again, one of my favorite movies, and along with one other person who is going to be uh, later on this list, she has a, a role as one of the sisters in Little Women. I believe it's um, Emma Watson, Eliza Scanlon, Saoirse Ronan, and one other person I won't name yet as the four sisters, um, of course, directed by Greta Gerwig. Uh, cannot wait for that movie, even though I have no interest in the source material at all. I just think the movie is, I think it's going to be pretty good. I think it's going to be pretty good. It's, it's probably going to get nominated for Best Picture. Fingers crossed. Uh, and I think Eliza Scanlon is going to, I mean, I'm telling you, just watch her in Sharp Objects. Maybe even just pull one scene of her. Uh, and I'm sure it'll be of her roller skating because she did not a whole lot else in that in that role other than roller skate around the, the town and act the shit out of those scripts. Um, so, love Eliza Scanlon. She's really, really good. Someone to watch out for the last male on my list, coming in at number three, will be, be uh, Barry Keoghan, or Keegan. I don't know how you pronounce his name. It's a weird spelling. Um, I, I have no idea, but I'm just going to say Keoghan because I think it sounds better. Barry Keoghan. Um, so he's got a lot of things coming out, but he's been in a lot of things within the last year or so that I've actually seen. So Killing of a Sacred Deer, um, along with Dunkirk, are the two movies I saw him in first. He's got a very different role in Dunkirk than he does in everything else, which is why I think that that might be the one movie um, that I like him in the most because I know what he can do as a creepy um, kind of secondary character, kind of spitballing lines that are ominous and, and, again, very creepy. Just check out Killing of a Sacred Deer. That movie is terrifying on a certain level but also very fascinating and thought-provoking on a different level. Excuse me. got a cold here. Um, but I also think that, uh, he's very good in American animals. Uh, again, like I said, he's very good in Dunkirk. He was in 71, um, that movie back in 2014. Uh, he's in Chernobyl, which I'm still watching. So kind of get, still trying to get through. It's a tough watch. It's a tough watch, uh, but he's good in everything so far that I've seen him in. And he was just announced this past weekend at D23, uh, as being another Eternal. I think he's going to be on the team for the Eternals. I know he's in the movie. I think he's one of the actual uh, team members for Eternals, along with uh, Salma Hayek, Angelina Jolie, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Richard Madden. Um, oh, God, what is her name from The Walking Dead? Um, oh, gosh, she's so freaking good, and I just can't think of her name. Um, but a couple other people. Oh, Gemma Chan. Um I keep wanting to say Maya Rudolph, but it's not. It's, it's a different name. Uh, anyway, I'll think. I'll think of it later. But but the Eternals is shaping out to be quite quite the, the cast, um, to say the least. 
very excited for Barry in that movie um, in all of his roles to come. Coming in at number two. So these are my two favorite up-and-coming actresses in the game right now. I almost consider not including them because they've both been in a starring role so far, but I don't think that they're really known by the masses just yet. And the first one being at number two is Jesse Buckley. You heard me rave about her in Wild Rose just a couple months ago, um, or probably about a month ago I did see that movie, um, but she was also hauntingly good in Beast. I knew right from when I saw her in Beast there was something special uh, about this young actress. I think that she really has the it factor. Um, and again, uh, no, you know, no offense, but she doesn't have the it factor with the looks. You know, Hollywood has a certain type of look that they want with an actress. Jessie Buckley doesn't necessarily have it. She doesn't even necessarily have the voice um, or the presence, but I think that that's why, um, that's why she should have a long career because she's got such a different and unique presence about her when she's on screen. It, it's, it's a great balance of vulnerability and power that she brings, uh, the ferocity to her role in Beast. Um, again, very haunting movie, but also her her very emotionally powerful and moving scenes in Wild Rose that really kind of made that movie uh, get into my, sneak into my top five this year. Uh, I believe it's right now. It's at my number three or four. Um, so that's Jessie Buckley. She's got coming out this year. She already had Wild Rose. She's already been in Chernobyl. She's coming out in uh, she's in Judy with Renee Zellweger. I think she plays like a band manager or agent type in that movie. Um, that's what it looks like in the trailer, at least. Or maybe just a friend of Judy Garland's. And then, announced recently that I did not see until, what, about a week ago when I was looking up her, her future work. She's going to be in Fargo Season 4. Um, and and I'll, I'll watch any season of Fargo with any cast. But I really love the way it's shaping out. I think Sterling K. Brown, I think, is one of Or is it Sterling? No, it's Chris Rock. Is it Chris Rock? I think it's Chris Rock who's in, in season four of Fargo with Jesse Buckley. I'm sure it's going to be another wild ride. Uh, I'll watch 20 seasons of Fargo. I don't care. I love that show to death. Um, it is so good. So that is number two. So we've done 20 to two. Now coming in at number one should be no surprise to anybody. It's Florence Pugh. Um, I mean, starting out with the first thing I saw him was last year at the Outlaw King. Then I went back and I watched The Falling, which she has a smaller part in, but she's also very good. Um, I haven't seen Lady Macbeth yet, but I'm very excited to see that because, I, again, she's the starring role, and she's been good in everything I've seen her in so far, so I can't imagine it's any different um, with Lady Macbeth. And then we have, uh, she was she was in Fighting With My Family earlier this year. Another one of my underappreciated favorite movies. I bet you that I'll make my top 15, probably top 20 at least uh, of this year. Just such a fun movie about a subject matter I could care less about. Um, or I couldn't care less about, I should say. Correcting myself there. Uh, but she also has coming out, um, as I just mentioned a couple times ago, with Eliza Scanlon. She's in Little Women. She's the fourth sister. Um, and she's going to be Scarlett Johansson's sister in Black Widow coming out next year. So very excited to see what she did. I think that she might actually become Black Widow um, and kind of take over that role in the MCU. Uh, and, and 
I'm telling you, she's so, so freaking good that I think that she's guaranteed an Oscar within the next six, seven years. Could even be this year. Maybe she's that good in Little Women. I don't know. I don't know how beefy that role is. Um, but speaking of the MCU, that rounds out my top 20 uh, my top twenty actors to look out for. I think the last thing that I want to mention um, is my boy, Kid Harrington, um, who hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm going to meet uh, in early October at Ace Comic Con. It was just announced back at D23 this past weekend uh, as being in the Eternals, uh, playing the Black Knight, Dane Whitaker, I think his name is, or Dane Whitman, something like that. Um, and Kevin Feige did say that he, they have a plan for him in the rest of the MCU and possibly future, you know, Avengers movies, fingers crossed. Um, so, again, I was hoping for him to be in the Star Wars universe at some point with the David and Dan trilogy or series of films that they're going to do. I think he still could be in that, but I really would, I, I cannot wait to see what he does um, with the Eternals movie. I think it'll probably only be a small part. Uh, I can't imagine it's any more than like a, the Black Widow part, Iron Man 2, or even, maybe not even that big, maybe like the Hawkeye role in Thor. Remember when they you know introduced him in the first Thor movie? I think that that's probably what it's going to be. It's going to be, they're going to introduce the character. They felt like it was the good time, or it was a good time to you know bring him into the universe, um, and then he's going to go on and have, you know, maybe not his own movie, but he's going to be on, you know, many other Marvel movies to come. So excited there for Kid Arrington. I thought I had to mention that. But let's run down the list real quick. So 20 is Keith L. Williams. 19 is Ella Hunt. 18 is Cassidy McClincy. 17 is Sonny Siltrick. 16 is Mesh Patel. 15, Isabella Moner. 14, Jessica Roth. 13, Letitia Wright. 12, Amanda Stenberg. I always get that name wrong. 11 is Kaylee Fleming. 10 is Thomas and McKenzie. 9 is Elsie Fisher. 8 is Noah Juppé. 7 is Diana Silvers. 6 is Margaret Qualley. 5 is Haley Lou Richardson. 4 is Eliza Scanlon. 3 beat Barry Keoghan. 2 Jesse Buckley. And number 1 being Florence Pugh. How many of these actors in 5 years are going to be a part of the MCU? Well, let's see. I mean, you already got one with Letitia Wright. You have two with Barry Keoghan, three with Florence Pugh, um, and that's it so far, I think. Um, but I bet you within five years, there's going to be at least three or four more of these folks in the MCU in some sort of capacity. Can't wait to see what they all do in the future, but that is my top 20 actors to watch out for for the 20th episode of the Teacher Off the Film Buff podcast. That is it. Signing off. Until next time. Thanks.